Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Welcome to the Christmas special of the Irish Economics Podcast. As the focus of this special is Christmas, it's a lighter look at economics than what you're used to from the podcast and hopefully it'll be a bit of fun. I've split the special into two parts because that's probably a bit easier to navigate. Um, This is part one and I'm joined by my good friend Shane Doherty to discuss the economics of Christmas. So Shane is not an economist but rather an acquiring mind when it comes to economics. And whenever I meet up with Shane, he's always quizzing me about different economic questions. So it's a good guy to get on board to try and tease out some of the very important questions when it comes to the economics of Christmas. Um, huge thanks to Shane, actually, for agreeing to come on the podcast and help me out with this. We have a great chat about economics and the sort of economic rationale behind what we see at Christmas. We look at things like... Is Christmas really important for the economy, the economics of giving presents? And we even take a detour to look at things like the economics of weddings. So if that sounds interesting, stay tuned and hear our thoughts on that. If you enjoyed this episode, let me know on Twitter, Instagram. My handle on those platforms is at IrishEconPod. You can email me at IrishEconomicsPodcast at gmail.com. And of course, make sure to tune in to part two. As usual, if you like the podcast, uh, remember to subscribe and give a five-star review on iTunes because it makes a huge difference. And I think that's about it. So I'll leave you to it and hope you enjoy this part one of our Christmas special. So I'm joined today by Shane Doherty. So we're going to switch roles here. I'm going to answer the questions for a change. And Shane is going to help me out by asking a few questions. So Shane, you're very welcome. Uh, thanks very much, Niall. Yeah, very excited to be on the podcast. I've been a big fan from episode one, so uh, so it's uh, I've got a few questions that I think that certainly interest me. So I'm I'm looking forward to seeing uh, the, what sort of answers you have in store for us today. So right. thanks for having me on. Anyway, what's the first thing you have on the agenda there, Shane? We'll go into it. Uh, so yeah, look. Uh, just want to think of Christmas and the amount of spending that goes on during Christmas. Uh, you know, it's uh, I, I imagine the months of November, December, uh, the amount of spending and, and buying of presents and stuff like that, and even not just on presents, on parties and all that that sort of stuff, decorations and all these things. Like, uh, you know, I, I suppose like the question I'd ask is: Is that important for the economy? Is, is it um, is it a good thing for the econ- economy? Yeah. How would you answer that? Yeah. So like. When you think about Christmas and the economics of Christmas, everything we hear about is to do with the amount of spending that's going on and how important that is for the retail sector. And, you know, there's research being done on this, research by MasterCard this year claims that we're spending an additional amount of €755 on presents and Retail Ireland in 2018. I think they estimated that 
spending in Christmas time or around December time was 866 euro more than what happened at other months of the year. So on the one hand, we could think, well, this is a big injection. It helps the economy. But it's only important because that's the pattern of spending that we're used to. So to answer the question, like, is this spending important? Well, we have to compare it with what would happen if there's no Christmas, not what happens every other month of the year. And what happens if there's no month... What happens if there's no Christmas? Well, would that money disappear? When money doesn't just disappear, there's a good chance we'd recalibrate our spending and maybe spend a lot of that money throughout the year in a more consistent fashion. But uh, just uh, taking that point on board, uh, you know, would there not be, uh, you know, the type of people that this is the sort of people where the hoarders of this world where they don't spend too much money at all, uh, you know, that the types that really you, you you want people in your economy spending money you know but there are certain types of people who are more likely to hoard more likely to save from that point of view you're getting money out of those certain groups pockets that you w- wouldn't normally get yeah. get would that no, be that's a, the next aspect point. of it yeah absolutely so basically so the big question here is that would do, do are we spending a bit more than we would otherwise and you think about all the parties and all the presents and all the stuff you're spending and it does give you that little push to spend a bit more than you would save. And that gives a bit of a kick into the economy. But there's a few other things. There's, for example, you know, November, people tend to cut back a little bit in anticipation for the kick at Christmas. There's also in January, you know, people tend to keep a low profile in January as well. So yeah. whether the net benefit is greater than, than, than this, you know, pulling back, that's the key question. Now, I know I was looking at some quarterly accounts by the CSO and you see that pull back in January especially. And, my intuition, I don't have the answer, but my intuition would be that perhaps we are, it does give us this bump in expenditure. But one thing that, that's really interesting is that it's a big peak in expenditure at one moment in time. We have to accommodate that and that can have negative side effects in the sense that well, we might have to earmark extra lorries on the road to facilitate this big bump in, at Christmas time. So we need to have Amazon, we need to have the post service, all these sort of things in place to serve this big peak. But then there's a bit of slack throughout the end of the year. Now, of course, there's temporary employment, all these sort of things. But it does lead to a different allocation of resources than we would have if it was all flat throughout the year. And maybe perhaps an inefficient allocation of resources. Maybe we have more retail space than we would have otherwise. So whether the net impact is good or bad, I suppose, is interesting. Sounds to me like you want to abolish Christmas. Uh, <laughs> no, but um, yeah, I look, I suppose that may that makes sense to me. But um, I, I guess it, it probably leads me on to the the question then. Um, so if you if you're saying there would be a more uh, that perhaps without Christmas or perhaps without Christmas as we know it today, maybe uh, we could have still have a obviously we don't want to abolish Christmas, so we we could have still have a Christmas, but. Uh, without this kind of um, hysteria over presents and one-upmanship regarding decorations and parties and all this kind of stuff, um, what are you, are you, are you saying? Are, would you advocate for a Christmas which is a little bit more low-key, maybe a little bit uh, just more based around you know a family yeah. a family dinner and and uh, a few small gifts, uh, uh, you know and all the rest of the stuff that yeah. So what 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 would you say? Are you? What? So there's this this famous economics paper that was published in the early nineties, and it was all about giving presents and the value of giving presents versus the cost of giving the present. And the basic idea here is like if you think about it, if you go into a shop and you want to buy a new album, and you say, "Oh yeah, I really liked Radiohead." Okay, computer. So therefore, I'm going to get 
the next album, Radiohead Kid A, and you're a big fan of OK Computer, and you think, well, I'm a big fan of OK Computer, I'm probably going to like Kid A. You buy Kid A, you realise, wait a second, this is a completely change of direction here, not in, I'm not into it. You have to spend maybe 20 euro on that album, and you haven't got 20 euros worth of value out of that. And it was a good punt. Don't that say that there's no value to playing Kid A. I, I, know, I know what you're saying. I know what well, you're saying. We pretend that you don't like Kid A. Okay, right. <laughs> but, right. Uh, so you could say, well, you have to spend 20 euro on this album and you thought you were going to get your 20 euros worth out of it and you just didn't. And it was, it was, you know, it was a punt worth taking, but you, you lost out. And maybe, like, and as you go over all your consumption, all your different purchases, you, it tends to work out well, but this is one time it didn't work out well. Now, that's something that didn't work out well, and you know your preferences, you know yourself better than anybody. Now we think about it, what if your aunt or your mother wanted to buy an album? And they, they, they're trying to guess what your preferences are. And if, if there's a chance that you're going to get it wrong, well, there's even greater chance that they're going to get it wrong. So they might end up buying you Coldplay or something, which is completely off the mark. And next thing is, it's a, it's a 20 euro that's, that, that's completely wasted. So this is this idea of that gift giving, when you give it to somebody... You, you're trying to guess what their preferences are and what value they've put on your present. And you're spending the money, but you'd actually be better off in a lot of cases just giving them the money, letting them use their knowledge of their preferences and buy the present themselves. Well, I suppose one of the best examples of what you're saying there, I would say, would be something like Chris King Kindle at work, yeah. where, uh, you know, you could have a, a, a staff of 30, 40 people and they all have to pick the name out of the hat of Chris, uh, Chris Kindle. And you're uh, assigned a 20 euro budget to, to buy for whatever that person is. Like in those scenarios, more than anyone else, that you're probably spending 20 quid on something that the person uh, would have no, you know, or ordinarily would never buy, spend their own 20 quid. Yeah. Like, that's probably the best example where there's no way these people would spend the, the 20 euros on themselves the way you spent your 20 euro on them. Yeah, but, so that's interesting. So therefore, so there's value, there's two ways you can get value there. One, you have the, the surprise and that's something nice. You know, everybody likes a bit of a surprise. And then you might spend a 20 euro on something. You might pick out something for that person that they wouldn't think about. So basically, I could, like it was, if we go back to the CD analogy, you could pick out a CD for somebody that they'd never pick out and then actually, wait a minute, this is great. And then they're all, of, all of a sudden they're exposed to something completely new or something like little novelty item that they might get a bit of a kick out of. So there is value in that sense. What extent do you think are families and people really not putting in the re- research uh, required to, to make sure you buy a present that that the person would would enjoy, you know, themselves. You know, like, uh, is, is, is that really something that's endemic of yeah. our Christmas so spending? That, so that paper, that, that American Economic Review paper, now this is in the early 90s in the States, and the experiment that was done was with economic students. And when they were doing the experiment, what they did was they said to, uh, I, think, I think what happened was a student was given a present and they were asked, well, what value would you place in this present? And then the value was compared to the cost. And the value was much less than what the actual cost was. So this difference then was the, was, was the loss in, in terms of, of, of spending. So basically, like, like the cost really is a, ref, is a reference point of how much resources go into creating this and how much of your, you know, what, 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 what goes into uh, creating the, 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 this item. And then the value placed but are, on it. are the costs generally for these goods not artificially bumped up uh, because it's Christmas and because 
obviously uh, these firms realise that there's going to be more of a market for <laughs> yeah, these things well, so that's during diff- Christmas time. Yeah, so that would be an argument, but I suppose that's slightly different in the sense that it's still, the, the fact still holds in this case where, you know, you're, you're comparing the cost you pay with the value that you get. And in a lot of cases, your value is less than the cost. So therefore, it's a waste. So yeah, so apparently in that paper, what he, what he calculated was that the total sales of presents in the US in the early 90s was something like $40 billion. Well, so 40, sorry, the total sales of presents in the United States in the early 90s was something around the mark of $40 billion. And then they estimated that Christmas presents involved an economic loss of more than $4 billion. So that's like 10% or whatever. What you, you mean by an economic loss, meaning that the welfare is lost. Ah, oh, okay. But welfare in terms of monetary. So when we were talking about things like surprise, all this sort of stuff. Yeah, that's so not you're like, are you not pay, you're like uh, on some level, you're, aren't people paying for uh, the feeling? And not just the people who are, are getting the presents, but I think a lot of, you know, you know, those certain people who just love to shop on a Christmas. They love buying stuff for people. Yeah. Are they not paying for the, the feeling? Uh, of uh, watching the other person get the present and the feeling that they of of goodwill and, and and feeling good about themselves because they yeah. they went to the effort of of buying presents whether or not they they realize if the person will will like it as much as they think they will they're they're paying for the feeling their own feeling not yeah. just for uh, the per- the person they're selling to like yeah no absolutely or they're, no. They're not my selling to but they're buying for so there's a lot of critiques of that study and that's exactly. A lot, they're all exactly along those lines basically um, there's a value in, in for the giver as well as for the receiver a, se- a sentimental value like yeah that. exactly and, but also then the other side of the coin is there's nothing worse than getting a present that you know this person spent loads of money on and you feel oh no this you feel sort of bad that oh I don't really like it and I'm after this is a lot of money has been spent on this and then even worse again I feel like I have to use it like I have to wear something I don't like or Whatever. Well, well I, I, I don't like that feeling um, of being given a present in case uh, I, I, I don't like it. I don't like, I actually don't like that feeling of opening up a present in front of the person who bought it for me. You know, because you, you, you feel obliged <laughs> to be fake. Like, you feel obliged to be, oh, this is fantastic. I love this. Oh, thanks so much. Like, and even if you do like it, you still feel like you have to do do all that kind of acting and uh, maybe yeah. it's Scrooge. Uh, side of my character there like but or not Scrooge but you know the uh, there is a sort of a, an awkwardness there like but and it, I guess these are only small silly details like but uh, uh, but but yeah I mean uh, I suppose like if, if, if you don't mind me moving on or if there's anything else you want to say about that that we well that we, that we haven't well the big thing I suppose is that you know there's value in the giving of the gift there's value in the um the sentimental side of it, um, like uh, the big economic argument would be, well, you should be given cash as a present, but because you don't lose that monetary value, that the person can pick what buy what they want to buy. But a tenner in a de- in the in an envelope, like the spirit of Christmas. Yeah, yeah, but like, but then it, there's always this sort of people don't like um, people don't like giving cash because there's this, there's this sort of it, it's not a, not no romantic feeling to it. Well, can I? Just give you a, a sort of a, a comparison point here is where when it comes to Christmas, it's all about the gift. Do you know what I mean? Uh, but when it comes to people's weddings, people don't want gifts. They want money in an envelope. <laughs> so uh, is the reason for that because at weddings, uh, 
because of hysteria about weddings, uh, everything is so overvalued, and the amount of uh, yeah. uh, amount of money you have to spend on wet weddings is way over what the price should be because the hysteria and so. People are like, okay, you have like, the expect expectations always that well because we're pay- paying so much money for this. Yeah, uh, so we what- need we we need um, you to give us. You, we need you to pay for our wedding. Like, you know, yeah, so like- I've I've a theory on that now. I don't know how much it stacks up, but I would say that when it comes when it comes to that, you, you think about okay, what are the costs in the wedding? The cost in the wedding is the hotel primarily and all those things that go with it, and they yeah, know. But- they know, they, know, they, know, they know what, they have an idea of how much people are, are going to pay. And then they have an idea of and that amount that people are, are, are willing to pay for the wedding. Now that this shift goes towards cash, they know that um, that's part of the income that they have for the wedding. So I would say that all these sort of economic rents, all these sort of value above the cost is being hoovered up by the hotels and by the organisers. And, and that sort of helps inflate the price because they know, they know what people are, are able to pay and they, they're trying to just try to absorb that amount of money. So if people were actually, if we went back to the days of people giving presents, like whatever, toasters, things like that, and then that sort of extra income boost wasn't there, well, then maybe the hotel costs would, would adjust accordingly. I don't know. This is just something... Off the top of my head, <laughs> yeah, and I actually sorry for for throwing that curveball at you, like, but uh, and actually, I, I I don't even articulate what the what the correct where I was what I was getting at regarding the comparison point. I, I actually am not sure. I just well, it's through cash, I suppose, and and so that well, that comes back. Then you were saying that that firms do they inflate the prices or whatever? Well, they they probably do, and they do because it's similar again that you have this expectation. And they know that people are a bit more flahulok at Christmas time. They're going to be spending a bit more on, the, on frivolous things. And maybe they're not taking into account the, the different prices. And they're, the, so that therefore, they up the, the, the margin a bit more because they know people are, are probably prepared to spend a bit more at that time of year. Yeah, so, yeah, that's that's basically what I was getting at. You know, there is a comparison there between weddings. Well, actually, it's not, it's not necessarily because uh, I suppose... Um, there's a reason, you know, and I think you explained it, explained it well, actually, there's a reason why people wouldn't be as, as keen on getting uh, uh, presents for their wedding as they are uh, uh, at Christmas. And, and I suppose it's because they're obviously spending a lot more money on, on, on their wedding. And so, present, you know, they, they need someone to, they need their guests to to foot the bill, basically, mm. where it, it, Christmas is not, the amount of money you're spending isn't as comparable as comparable but uh it, it leads me to the question then uh yeah like christmas and weddings things like that is where the idea of hysteria about almost pro- we could call it even propaganda is it like that we have big businesses um sort of cashing in on the hysteria and uh uh, with regards to Christmas, with regards to weddings and stuff like that. So this would be my question. Who are the big, you know, uh, maybe I'm already answering it for you, like, yeah. but who are the big benefactors of of Christmas? And um, yeah, and who are, who are the big winners and who are the big losers? Are you, are you saying the winners are the people involved in uh, offering the goods and services at Christmas and the losers are the customer? Is, does it, is it, does it ultimately <laughs> well, come down know. to that? So you're going on the same, going on the same sort of uh, line of thought it would be a bit like um, because there's this glut of spending at Christmas time and because people are maybe a bit more inclined to spend, well, perhaps then prices adjust according to that and 
the, the fact that people are, are a bit more um, a bit more open to spending. Whereas if if it was flat, if we had no Christmas and, and spending was flat throughout the year, well, people might be able to pick and choose and what what they're spending on a bit better, and therefore the firms wouldn't be drawn in as much of of, of like basically the difference between the cost, the difference between the value that I get and the value the firm gets. You know, this is sort of divided out between how where the price is set. So if the price is a little bit higher, well, the firm is getting a bit more, and uh, the consumers lose that a bit more. So I imagine the f- the price would be that little bit higher. If there's a if we have a, a situation where everybody's spending loads and we sort of have to we're, we feel like there's something incentivizing us to spend at this moment in time, well then maybe there is a bit of a, a more of a, a shift towards firms getting the, the bigger size of the pie versus the consumer getting the size of the pie of of, of the total value of the transaction. Um, now I have no data or in, inside or, or actual uh, evidence to back that up. That's just based on the sort of economic logic of well if people are willing to spend more well then the firms will will take that into account when they're setting their prices yeah i suppose but the the uh the firms actually uh create the hysteria as well and then they and they have to obviously invest in creating in, in the hysteria but ultimately they they get a big or they get a big yeah. reward from doing that you know but there's probably a lot of like marketing and everything to try and get people out into the shops and whatever, and that sort of yeah helps build up build up the yeah the more more spending on things that that we don't necessarily need. Uh, like going back to the way that the things are divvied up, one interesting thing that always comes to mind is if we didn't have like Christmas is is really important for retail. We're spending a lot of stuff on things that like goods like goods primarily like presents. Whereas, so sort of the stores are spending spending patterns relative to what we would have done otherwise. So maybe we might have spent more money on. I don't know, like Netflix subscriptions or services as opposed to maybe buying presents and things like that. And that affects how we're, how we're allocating our money. That affects then how resources are allocated within the economy. And sometimes that can be a good thing. Sometimes that can be a bad thing. And also one interesting thing is that, you know, inputs are shared between important things and less important things. And if we have Christmas distorting our expenditure towards retails, well then maybe that, puts a bigger pressure on inputs, certain inputs for the less important things and then that might increase prices and make other things more expensive. So for example, one thing is people talk about in the last few years there's a shortage in helium or potentially a shortage in helium. Now we use helium for balloons and we lose helium for other like medical devices and stuff like that. So if Christmas comes along and we have a Christmas party and there's loads of helium balloons, um, well that increases the demand for helium, the price goes up for helium, that means that the price for medical devices will be affected because there's there's a bigger pull on, on helium. So if we didn't have Christmas, perhaps we wouldn't be using helium for balloons and we might it might benefit other things that are a bit more important in society. Now that's one example. I'm sure there's other things like I'm sure there's other things like electronic devices that might might share inputs and if we're if we're buying loads of flat screen TVs and this puts pressure on inputs for other things, well, that could have an effect. Now, it could have the opposite effect that there could be research and development in things like you know, TVs, and that could have knock on positive effects for for other technologies. So, it works both ways. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I suppose so. But I guess even you know, it's the the age-old argument about um, say pharmaceuticals as well. Like when I know it's not not so much to do with with uh, Christmas, but like. Do you know um, where 
We have uh, pharmaceutical firms who might be investing loads of money into making the next best uh, shampoo or next best uh, when that that money could be like when there would be a sort of a societal value in spending that money on medicines and basically are, are very, yeah. you know, uh, but I'm, I yeah, guess I'm, maybe I'm going off on a tangent there, like, but it's... Is that, yeah, well, that's that's a very that's a different topic, all right. But that, it is interesting in the sense that it's the difference between the private benefit and the social benefit. And to correct for that, I suppose you would have to try and incentivize research and development in in yeah areas that that have social value. So you would you would try and subsidize maybe or try and or maybe have some sort of a a grant for investment in, in research and development that has a societal value. So that could sort of correct for this, but. Um, whether that relates to presents and stuff I oh it doesn't know. relate to presents at all so please cut this part out of the out of the interview if you don't mind but um, so like uh, so can we any uh, sort of conclusions I mean there's been a lot of um, I, if you don't mind me saying sitting on the fence a little bit like you know it could have a good value it could have a bad value um, yeah. so if you were to draw one conclusion about uh, Christmas time yeah. uh uh, from an economics point of view, um, if you if you could were to send home one message which with your listeners, what would that be? So I suppose um, like the big thing is if you're given presents, there's a big chance, or monetary present that has a high value. There's a big chance that you're going to, well, there's not a big chance, but there is a chance that you're going to um, buy something for somebody that that they value less than the cost. So how do you get around that? Well. You do, you make up a list. Now, that's not very romantic. Um, you could give cash. That's not very romantic. Gift cards are a good idea in the sense that they, they allow somebody to, to use their value. It's not as ugly as cash. That has a benefit in that context. Um, but I suppose, I think it was uh, the economist uh, Nordhaus wrapped up what, what the idea was. And he said that um, the value is in the thought involved, not the monetary value. So basically... People put more value in, in, in the thought behind the present and that, that has value, but it, it doesn't have the sort of deadweight loss. So basically, if you get if you're, if, if you're getting a present from a kid and it's a drawing, well, there's loads of sentimental value there and that's really nice. The way I would approach the gift giving process is if you want to give something with value, either find out what the person wants, some sort of gift card, and then maybe have a surprise alongside it and have something that put more t- effort in the thought as opposed to, to, to the monetary value. And that minimizes the chance of 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 this deadweight loss, this this loss of welfare. Right, that sounds uh, sounds like good advice to me. So um, thanks very much, uh, Niall, for having me on and letting me bounce ideas off you because obviously you're more the expert on economics than I am. But um, I just want to take this opportunity to say well done on the um, podcast so far. You've had some fantastic uh, guests and experts on the on the show. I really re- would recommend that people. Uh, look over the archive because there's um, some fantastic interviews there really and I've, I've really learned a lot about it and even you know there's enough there for people who are very interested in economics and then there's also it's accessible to newcomers as well so uh, from that point of view I'd uh, I have to say congratulations and keep up the good work and uh, thanks for having me on and hopefully um, I didn't confuse you with my confused thoughts mm-hmm. uh, too, too often during this interview but uh, thanks thanks again Okay, so I'd just like to take the opportunity to thank everybody for supporting the podcast throughout the year. As I've said before, it's a real passion project and all the good wishes and value created for others 
really makes the cost and effort worthwhile. So thank you very much for that. If there's anything you'd like to hear, any feedback on how to make the podcast better, drop me an email on irisheconomicspodcast at gmail.com. In the spirit of an economics Christmas present, I'm not going to ask for a donation or a gift, but I would really appreciate a thoughtful review on iTunes. Uh, if you're not an Apple user, keep it in mind when talking to friends or maybe share on your Twitter account or other social media account. So that's pretty much it for me. All I want to do is just thank you once again and wish you a very happy Christmas.